Hey, Changemakers. Welcome back to the Engage for Good podcast. I'm your host, Allie Murphy. Children's Miracle Network Hospitals, a national nonprofit that raises funds for 170 children's hospitals, is a leader in the corporate partnership and social impact space. CMN Hospitals has almost 100 corporate partners, an average partnership tenure of 20 years, and retained 100% of its corporate partners during the pandemic. Long-lasting relationships like these take time and energy, but it's one of the most important investments a nonprofit can make. In today's episode, I'm joined by CMN Hospital's Vice President of National Strategic Partnerships, Julie Breckenkamp, and Vice President of Community Operations and New Business, Stacy Cross. CMN Hospitals recently hit a 15-year milestone with Panda Express and a 35-year milestone with Walmart. In today's episode, we'll highlight their overall corporate partnership program, learn from these two milestones, and hear Julie and Stacy's advice for building long-lasting relationships. CMN Hospitals is celebrating 40 years in 2023 and is still working with some of its first partners. In just a minute, we'll explore the three principles that have led to CMN Hospitals' great relationships with its corporate partners, how to work from a relational and not transactional mindset, how to focus on long-term partnerships from the get-go, how to immerse employees in your partnerships, what a customer intimate approach is and why it's important, and Julie and Stacy's top piece of advice for listeners. And with that, let's get started. Hi, Julie and Stacy, and welcome to the podcast. Hi, it's great to be here. Hi, I'm excited. I'm excited too. Julie, would you start us off by telling us a little bit about yourself and what you do? You bet. Um, I manage the team that works with our top corporate partners at Children's Miracle Network Hospitals. So my job is to drive a multi-year strategy for our top partners. And we focus on business goals and new opportunities, uh, CSR data, coaching the team on development of their strategies, relationships, and any sort of new opportunities. Okay. And Stacy, what about you? Hi. So I do similar things with the other group of our partners. So I manage the team that manages about 55 of our corporate partners, okay, as well as the team that manages our new business development. And so the team that goes out and recruits new corporate partners for CMN Hospitals. Both of you have very important jobs. So Julie, we've heard a little bit about what each of you does. Can you give us an overview of Children Miracle Networks Hospitals corporate partner program as a whole and who some of your partners are? You bet. Uh, we uh, work with partners regionally and nationally. Mm-hmm. Uh, the annual fundraising includes about 156 campaigns, and we have initiatives that take place throughout the whole year. We have point of sale campaigns, employee giving, payroll deduction, uh, conventions and shows, industry shows. They're coming back. Yes, Golf they are. Events, right? Um, vendor activations, auctions, raffles. Just really company-wide engagement, including volunteerism and educational opportunities and stewardship. So we work with the partners that have a wide range of industries. Uh, we have grocery stores, quick service restaurants, convenience stores, credit unions, hardware, hospitality, real estate. And it looks really different depending on what partner we're talking about. Each of us, um, we work with these companies and we build strategies that vary partner by partner. Our top partners include Walmart, Costco, Panda, Speedway, Ace Hardware, Credit Unions, Remax, Loves, 
Dairy Queen, um, many, many more. We, mm-hmm. we have a lot of great long-term partners. Okay, we're going to dive into more of these long-term partners and what has helped you get there and retain them in a little bit. But before we do this, Stacey, you focus on the new partner piece, as you mentioned, while Julie focuses more on veteran partners. How do the two of you work together to build a cohesive program? Oh, well, we work great together. That's the best part. <laughs> so we do. And Julie and I, I think, talk 14,000 times a day. So our, That's a lot. our teams, it's a lot. I know. I know. <laughs> we do. But I will tell you, um, one of the best things about Children's America Network Hospitals is that we really are a network. Um, mm-hmm. And that goes for our staff and for our teams, as well as for our partners. And so we, we really work together. We collaborate. We learn from each other. We share best practices. You know, we talk and we support each other. And so everything that we do is cohesive, whether you're a new partner or a long-term partner, we're working together to make sure that we are providing the best support and partnership to all of our different corporations who support us. Um, You know, one of the best parts from a new partner perspective is that we look towards the historical partners for the path that they walked, right? They've experienced many of the things that the new partners are experiencing for the first time. Mm-hmm. So we can go talk to them to say, how did you do this? How did you launch this first? How did you communicate this new program out? And so we really get to learn from those 30-year, 35-year partnerships and start with a really great foundation from the beginning. So it's thanks to our historical partners that our new partners can do such great things and so quickly too. I think that's a great point. And I, it, it makes me curious, is there a point in time where a new partner has come on with your team, Stacy, and at some point they become more of a veteran partner and they transition to Julie's team, I'm guessing? Mm-hmm. They sure do. That, and that's the goal. We want all of them to be 30-year partners. Mm-hmm. It's something that we we work on from the very first day of our, of our conversations and so that they would become a long-term historical partner. They would become a multi-million you know, dollar partner and and be a part of Julie's team as well. Okay, so we're going to get into, in just a little bit, these principles for great partnerships. But before we get there, I want to talk about some of the milestones and achievements. So you've mentioned some 30-year partners, long-term partnerships. Julie, you just hit 15 years with Panda Express. How did this relationship begin, and what are some of the key ways that it has evolved? They are such a unique, special partner of ours, and I am so excited to talk about them. (laughs) Um, they're just giving is one of Panda's core values and they strive to make a difference in their communities and how they operate by they donating, not just money, but time resources and anything that they can to organizations that promote health and education with the underserved youth. So they have 41,000 associates 2,300 stores throughout the U.S. globally in 10 countries. And they started as a partner with us with our local um, L.A. hospital because local is so important to Panda. And so what they did was they saw a positive, how how this worked locally with children's health care. And then they started focusing on their culture of giving because they believe that they should not ask guests to give unless they're already giving themselves. Mm-hmm. So for three years, they started by hosting an associate giving campaign. And that still continues with us today. And when you're saying associates, for those who aren't familiar, I'm guessing you mean employees that work at Panda. Right, okay. right. And so then they started with um, it involving their guest in the effort. And the partnership has continued to grow 
year over year by making the ask at the register. If anybody's been to Panda, we all have, um, you know, they make that ask, they ring the bell and they all say thank you. It's mm-hmm. such a, a top down leadership collaborative approach. And now they're raising close to $20 million for our network. Wow. I'll tell you too, this is one of the great things about Panda is that their leadership is so bought in. Which is so important. To our partnership. It's so important. And it started with them. And we tell new partners that from the beginning too. We look at what Panda did to start and how their leadership was bought in and how they got their employees and associates bought in. And then now they expanded it to their guests. And that's what makes their partnership so special is it's it's truly part of their culture. Mm Mm-hmm. And they did it piece by piece, brick by brick. And they started with, for lack of a better term, them having some skin in the game. It wasn't just, okay, we're going to go ask our consumers and the people that are coming in to donate, but we're actually going to do that internally and then grow from there, which I think is a good point. I want the employees to know why they're making the ask and who they're asking for and, mm-hmm. and be giving to that local hospital too. So their associate giving campaign it raises about $600,000 in a year. And so they have really kind of set the bar for um, payroll deduction and employee giving. Okay, so I want to pivot to a different partner of yours, which probably has some different lessons that you've learned along the way. Walmart, you recently hit 35 years, I believe it is. What are some of the lessons that you've learned through that partnership? There's probably a few of them. But what are some lessons that you think listeners could benefit from? Sure. They're associates, again, their employees are are why this campaign is so successful. Wallet is proud to say that this is an associate-driven campaign. And so they really care about their local community, as do so many of our partners. So we've learned from them that these associates have these personal connections to our local children's hospital, and they want to use their voice to help those in need. So they they have... um, some some really great key principles um, that that they live by, but for the most part, it's about the employees. It's about the employees having fun. We we still had a Walmart campaign right when um, COVID was a pretty big thing okay. because the, the leadership at Walmart said we want to have our associates have fun again. What are some of the ways, can you give an example of how these associates are having fun through this partnership? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Probably they, more than they, one. <laughs> <laughs> it's mm-hmm. fun to watch. Um, they they like to have, um, you know, they, they I think they, they like to put balloons out. They like to um, just have little contests. They still do the ice bucket challenge. Mm-hmm. Um you know, they tape their manager to um, a, a light pole outside. Oh you know, they, they like to just do fun, uh, you know, best pet contest, you know, the fun. They might raise $200 here, $200 there, but it adds up. Mm-hmm. You know, they're also asking at the register. They're asking at the self-checkout. And so they really, it, it is about the, the associates. It's not really about... Um, yes, making the ask at the register is super important, and that's where a lot of the funds come from. But it's really about this: it's the associates smiling and really getting behind a cause, and they love our cause. I always say, you know, they're there, longtime employees that say, "This is my campaign. I want to run this campaign." We find that single person that wants to be that champion, and they're so proud of the great work they do, and we're so proud to partner with them. 
I love it. Okay. So before we hopped on this call, I heard that there are, well, there's probably a couple, but there are kind of three key principles that you've distilled it down to that have led to these great relationships with your partners. And I want to dive into each one and kind of pull them apart. So Stacey, the first one is always working from a relational, not a transactional mindset. I can guess what this means. And probably a lot of people in our community does can too. But what does this mean in your own words? And can you give us an example of this tip in action? Absolutely. Absolutely. I can get a, a couple of tips, I hope. Perfect. So I will, say, I will say, so first, when we bring on a new partner, we talk about it. We talk very openly that we want them to be 30-year partners. We brag all the time on our current partners and how long they've been with us. It's a huge point of pride for us. Um, and something we're very thankful for. And you're, I think Always, your average tenure is 20 years. It's 20 plus. I need to yeah. look at the new number. Yeah. Which is huge. And a lot of them. It's huge. It's absolutely huge. And, uh, you know, we're a part of their cultures and we love it. They're as cheesy as it sounds. We're family at this point. They're mm-hmm. our family. We're their family and we're in it together. So what we try to do is, is have that shared goal from the beginning, from day one, the first conversation of that we're in this for the long term. Um, and we share that goal with them. And so most of the time we walk the next steps knowing that we're looking for long term and not just a, a quick transactional one time campaign. Mm-hmm. The second thing that we do next is we really try to understand their business. And this is something that our teams are so good at is we really look, we want to know their goals. We want to know their challenges. We want to know their structures. We want to know how they communicate to their employees, their associates. What's hard for them? What's easy for them? Um, Because if we can understand their business, we can better understand how we can support and collaborate and then build together Mm -hmm. with them. And the together piece is key. The together piece is absolutely key. Yeah. So, um, and that's really the last part I would say is our people really love people and we love connection. Um, we, We talk with our partners year round. We are always connecting with them and sharing stories with them. We're celebrating birthdays and anniversaries and milestones. And, um, you know, sometimes we just want to chat with them because it's a Tuesday and we can. So I will say that we work hard to build really great human connections. And that's just not just with our staff, but with our local hospitals, with the local associates, you know, with all different levels of the, of the company. So, you know, we, when you do that from day one, it brings a pretty powerful foundation to that long-term commitment that we're looking for. I also think the our model is unlike any other. The you know the money stays local. It's mm-hmm. raised in your community and it stays in your community. And that's something that employees can get behind. They want the money to stay where they are and they they get um a little bit um, nervous sometimes when you say, you know, we're a national organization, but we are local and and it stays yeah. local and that, that makes them very happy. That's a good Julie's right. I will say all every time you walk into a Walmart or a Panda, you find somebody who's been touched by their local children's hospital. Right. They have a story. They have a experience themselves or their neighbors or their somebody does. And that's it means a lot. It means a lot to their to their people. And they know where the money goes. They know that the cause is is really great. Absolutely. So the second principle is planning long-term partnerships from the get-go, which we've talked about a little bit, but how do you prioritize this and what do you suggest that others do? Sure. So again, we talk about it. 
from the beginning. Mm-hmm. So it's not a surprise. It is not something that, you know, on year two, they want to know, like they're surprised that we're back. Surprise. We never really leave no. them. Yeah. Yeah. No, we never really leave them. And so if you, again, if you set that up from the beginning, you, you know, you're just set up for better success. Um, I will also say that we want to make sure that our culture fits with theirs okay. and our, and vice versa, right? One of the things that, you know, we love about Walmart is their associates. We're part of their, we're part of their culture. They love to come to work because they love the CMN hospitals campaign. Like Julie said, one of my favorites is in my local Walmart, they tied a bunch of balloons to their associate, like hundreds of balloons oh to them to, to get donations from different customers. And it was, it was great, but we want to make sure that we align. We align with their company, their culture, with their values, and with their business as well. Um, and as those evolve over time, we want to evolve with them. We really work to have those multi-level relationships. So we want to make sure that the CEO down to that local cashier knows who we are and knows the impact that they're having for the network. Right. So that no matter if you're in the headquarters or you're in you know, your local community, you know that you're making a difference to, the, to your community. So when it comes to planning long-term partnerships from the get-go, you've talked about how you do it and you have a lot of examples of how it's worked well. You have long-term partners. What advice would you give to a listener, a nonprofit listener who may not have that many years worth of partnership or is maybe coming more into doing this for the first time? Where would you suggest they start or grow in this way? I, one of my, one of my mentors told me once is to treat your partners like you would want to be treated. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things that you, you want people, you want to feel that human connection. You want to be real and you want to be authentic and you want to be open with them that you want to build this together. So you don't have to have all the answers. As long as you have a strong partnership, you can figure it out together. So that would be my advice is even if you don't have 15, 20 of your partners to look from, communicate that with your partner, share what the end goal is and build it together. And I love that. And I think, I think it's important to stress relationships. You know, we, we build relationships with our partners and, you know, there is so much that they're trying to accomplish for their business. You know, Stacy talked about business and what are their business goals, you know? So we, we take that, that relationship very seriously and we try to build it with them and, and understand where they're headed so we can, we can partner and grow together. And everybody's so different. Every partner is so different. So you really have to listen first, act later. Which is a very important skill in all facets of our lives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so those are the first two. Julie, the third one is a more recent addition, as I understand it, and it's immersion of the partnership with employees. How have you done this? And can you give us a few examples? Right. So we realized with um, COVID and the employment shortage that we really needed to go back and re-educate a lot of our partners, especially the important ones, those at the front end, those making the ask, those that might not have time to make that ask because they're multitasking, doing six things, or maybe a little understaffed on certain days. So we built some tools and resources to help re-engage with those 
people that might not fully understand who we are, not understand that the money stays local or, you know, about our network. When they say um, Children's Miracle Network hospitals, what hospital are we talking about? Mm -hmm. So we took some time to just build some tools and work with each one of our partners. Again, listen to them, listen to how they speak to their employees and what are the best ways we can, what what are the best tools and best ways we can talk to those front end people? Because again, they're the most important people, but we also have hospitals that are that are possibly understaffed or, you know, working, not, not able to travel, not able to go in the front door yet. So really building a lot of tools and helping them know who we are and what we are. And I really think that's made a difference in our fundraising in 2022. Okay, so now I'm curious about something that I could probably guess what it means. But if I'm being honest, I don't have all the answers, which I'm told when you come to a partnership is okay. So Stacy, what is a customer intimate approach? And why is it essential in this space? Absolutely. Well, we are a customer intimate organization. Uh, it is a buzzword at CMN hospitals. We okay. use it a lot. And we, it's part of our culture as well. Um, so what that really, if it breaks down is what Julie said, we know that every single company is different, mm-hmm. just like every one of us is different. And we, we know they have different needs, different cultures, different structures, you know, different ways of fundraising. And we want to meet those needs where they are, right? We want to make sure that we embrace those differences and celebrate those differences um, and really understand their unique needs. And so that's what we really try to do is to have that customer-focused approach where it's not so much about us and our organization. It's about our partners and what they want to accomplish and how do we help them be the best version of them in their fundraising campaign. Um, And so that's really what we strive to do. And it's essential for us. And that's why we believe partners stay with us for a long time is because we meet them where they're at. Mm -hmm. Um, And we really work with them to make sure that it's, it's achieving, our partnerships achieve all of the business goals, all of their dreams, and achieve that kind of vision, you know, for impacting their communities locally. Okay, I'm curious now, as we're talking about meeting partners where they're at, what their needs are, what their goals are, etc. I'm guessing that at some point, you've had a potential partner say, I'd like to do X. And that X, whatever it is, may not actually be the right fit for you. Like it might look good on paper, but doesn't actually drive it impact. Have you said know in that way before and turn partners away or maybe change that plan to find something that works for both of you? Because I think on the nonprofit side, it can be challenging when you're looking at funding to put a stake in the ground and say, this doesn't actually work for us. Can you talk to that a little bit? Sure. We we do. We have said no, but I would say more often we say, how about this? So more often we will say, we hear what you're saying and we will be open and honest and transparent. We can't do that or this doesn't work for us. This is hard for us, but how about this? And that really, that open, honest communication and that dialogue nine times out of 10 leads to a better, successful, more impactful program. What we never want to do is make promises that we can't deliver. And so we do have to be honest and say, this isn't a good fit or... And whatever that looks like. But we can almost always listen, as Julie said, listen, understand what we have to offer and how we meet there if, if that other result. Mm-hmm. That's a really good point. Okay, we are nearing the end of our time. So I want to ask you some like last pieces of advice. So Julie, we'll start with you. What parting words of advice would you give our listeners? Well, we touched on it a little bit earlier, but I would say 
A, listen, but also understand business has changed for these these companies that we work with, that probably any partner that you're talking to or we're talking to today, um, COVID has changed a lot. The employment mm-hmm. shortage changed a lot. So we have to listen to what their business looks like now and how we can adjust and how we can have a different type of fundraising conversation. And also take that business um, conversation and say, how can we talk about CSR? And what does corporate social responsibility look like now for your organization? Because it's very different than it was two years ago. So I really going on that listening tour and hearing what they're saying and then building a good plan collaboratively, like Stacy and I talked about earlier, you know, got to do it together. You can't just build it in a vacuum or say, this is all we can offer, but how can we work together to build a better opportunity and ultimately to raise more funds for children's hospitals? And Stacy, what about you? What advice would you give to our listeners as your parting words? Uh, well, I completely agree with what Julie said. Um, and I would add, I think I said this earlier, is just to be real with your partners. You know, your real, authentic, open, honest self is what people will remember and what people will respond to. And so, you know, you have to remember we're all just humans. Even if, even if they're a part of a huge corporation or a huge partner, they're just humans on the other side and so are you. And so being that real, authentic self, being open and honest really will build that strong relationship that you're looking for that will continue for for many, many years. You are speaking my language. We are all human, regardless of whether we are at work or at home, we are still human. Okay. Mm -hmm. Anyway, we have come to the end of our time. Stacey, where can people learn more about Children's Miracle Network Hospitals if they would like to do that? Absolutely. You can go to our website, which is cmnhospitals.org, or we are on every single social media channel, probably. Um, So you can find us on Facebook and Instagram as well and Twitter. Wonderful. Well, Julie, Stacy, thank you so much for joining me, sharing what you've learned through your partnerships, what advice you have, and the little tidbits along the way. We appreciate it. Well, thank you for having us. It's been a pleasure to chat with you and, and have this conversation with Stacy and I. We we love to talk about corporate fundraising and we're we're here to support if anybody has any questions. Absolutely. Thank you for this opportunity. It was great. The Engage for Good podcast is produced in partnership with True Story FM, engineering by Pete Wright. Music this week is by Ty Simon and Rex Banner. If your podcast app allows ratings and reviews, we hope you'll consider doing just that for our show. But the best thing you can do to support Engage for Good is simply to share the show with a friend or colleague. Thank you for listening.